BD Ellers. Welcome to your December edition of Two Men On on BDL Radio. We have the bases loaded yet again this month with our special guest host of the Rockland Rockets, Michael Polidoro. Mike, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing, Scotty? I am doing well, man. Good to have you on. It is a pleasure to be on. Johnny, how's your off season been? Off season's been busy. Uh, how's yours been? <laughs> Not as busy as yours, I don't imagine. Get hitched, did you? Uh, got hitched. Um, went on a fabulous uh, week trip to the Dominican Republic. Did some uh, early scouting, and um, now we're back in, ready for the draft. Awesome, awesome. Well, the first thing we're going to look at in this edition of Two Men On uh, focuses on you, Johnny, uh, except. Uh, not on your uh, not on your uh, scouting trip to the Dominican, but uh, instead on your postseason collapse. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it, it, enjoy it. it enjoy it. it. I, I I do, and I am. It, it, it's good to have it's good to have that kind of company, you know, because I I don't know of anyone else um, on this podcast today that has experienced that kind of heartbreak in the finals. It must be terrible. I certainly haven't. <laughs> You've been. You've been no, but, suffering for a while. No, but for different reasons, Michael, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, I certainly uh, I can't say that I really mind being in the company um, because it, it means we got pretty far. Um, we were pretty happy with uh, how the season went as a whole. Uh, we lost to a much better team that week, and um, Craig deserves a lot of credit. Uh, the Bull Way of Bulldogs deserve to be champions. Um, so that's where I stand. Well, uh, you, you know, Craig really did kind of uh, go on a, a late season rampage, really, to you know uh, steal that top seed. I, I really shouldn't say steal. I mean, it's, it's not as though as he didn't uh, didn't earn that top seed. He, he played great baseball. His team did um, toward the end of that toward the end of the uh, 2008 campaign, and and um, you know took it home in the end. And I, I guess the you know the, the big shock, Johnny, and um, Maybe it's not so much of a shock considering how well the Bulldogs did play for for most of the regular season, mm-hmm. but um, uh, you know for for a long time there at least uh, at least up until the All Star break, uh, you know you were you were touted as, as not only the team to beat in 2008, but you were a powerhouse. I mean it was it was difficult to see anybody stopping you up, up until that point. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, Craig. Craig's team was close all along. It, it it wasn't as big a late season surge as you would have thought. I think he just kind of fell under the radar a bit early on um, because of how we started. But he, he definitely had a great start himself. Um, we had, I mean, many of those first like ten weeks, either ten o weeks, nine one weeks, uh, very few losses over the first half of the season. Um, you know, you hit, your hitting will go up and down through the course of the season. So in the second half, I wasn't too worried about my squad. Um, as, as we ended up finishing, I guess, a game behind Bulawayo for the, for the top seed because um, I knew I had my knew I had my pitching, and um, it was something that, that kept churning for me all season. Well, you, you, both, you both had, um, you know, excellent, excellent campaigns, and, and you both ended up breaking the uh, the regular season record for you know for the uh, best records of, of all time the two the two best records of all time now uh, 
course, Craig with a, a, a 667 uh, winning percentage during the regular season, and uh, and you with a 662. Um, you know, great effort by the, by the both of you, Mike. Um, what, what do you think was really the difference in the end for Craig over Johnny? Well, well the, the thing that got me about, about that final, and I wish I could go back and pull up the stats, but I remember seeing right after the final, and 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 uh, where Johnny got killed was on the was on the hitting categories, and I remember looking at his top four hitters, and I think they combined for something stupid, like they batted a buck fifty between them. Like it was just it was just ridiculous. Like it, it was one of those things. Well, if I would have told them before that round that these four guys would have combined to hit 150, there's no way you even said it was possible. It was just one of those kind of act of God things that just that just really, really hurt his club. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, you know again, that, that, that's part of head-to-head -head, uh, fantasy baseball and head-to-head -head fantasy sports in general. Um, it, it's whoever's hottest at the moment. And, again, I, I don't say that at all to take anything away from the Bulldogs. They, uh, uh, they... Uh, really were no no less considered uh, 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 top contender for the title going into the finals uh, than the Killer Cars were at that point. Um, but, uh, you know, probably going into the preseason, um, the Killer Cars were... You know, I, I think that, that that's really where the, where the, the big difference lies and, and where the, the, the story in, in this particular uh, uh, postseason uh, was. You know, the Killer Cars went into the regular season um, being known as, as, a, as a big contender. Uh, and frankly, they always have uh, in, in this league. Um, the Bulldogs really weren't, you know, considered that right away. They, you know, the, the squad definitely uh, grabbed the league by the collar and, and um, got its collective attention quickly. Um but you know you, you really have to consider a disappointment, Johnny. I, I know that you do. And and uh, what what do you uh, what steps are you beginning to take to uh, kind of address the concerns that you saw in the finals this year? Well, what I looked at was uh, like like you had mentioned in the beginning of the year. Uh, I came in and I thought I had a lot, a lot of depth. Um, and particularly, it's what it was. It's what hurt me so bad in the finals. It, I had I had the pitching that I kept churning and churning and, and for weeks for weeks during the regular season I knew I can pretty much count on five victories and you know hitting is one of those things like we discussed that will basically go one way or the other during a given week you know you have, you have better guys are going to perform better but not always and um, that final week I was looking and I said come on you know I need one or two hitting categories and and it. Like Michael said, it just they all won in the tank, and um, Craig did a great job, pulled it out. Um, so what I took from that is, is um, I just decided, uh, you know, I think I, I think I can find some good pitching, so I'm gonna deal some and try to get some more consistent hitters, um, namely Joe Mauer, uh, very consistent. Um, really, just tried to build my hitting depth so it wouldn't happen again next time and, and, and try to replenish my pitching. Um, so that's what I try to do in the offseason. You know, I, I, I probably shouldn't really admit this on the air, but, um, uh, you know, Johnny, you and I had, had several conversations leading up to the, the playoffs, and uh, you were really expressing concerns of, about the uh, hot and cold streaks of your squad at that point. Did you... Did you have a feeling at all uh, about your your fate in the playoffs? Did you go into the finals expecting 
almost to uh, uh, to be let down? Uh, expecting, I wouldn't say expecting. I gotta admit, I was a little fearful based on the prior two years. I mean, going out in the first round for two years in a row. Uh, year number two to uh, a rookie to the league, Bill, uh, right. of, of, of the damage, and um, you know, I, I was like, you know, convinced I was cursed or something. My hitters were never gonna come through. Uh, getting past that second round matchup against the damage, like really made me feel well, and I was actually pretty optimistic going into the final week. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of the Killer Car Company's uh, efforts to, to rebound from that uh, from that loss in the finals in 2008, Mike, can you uh, kind of analyze for us your your thoughts on one of Johnny's uh, first considerable trades of the offseason where he would uh, land catcher Joe Maurer? Yeah, what is the, 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 to be honest, the Joe Maurer trade really, really, really surprising just because of, of the guys that he gave up on that deal. If, if memory serves, I think he gave up Verlander and Porcello in that deal. Is that right? Does that make sense? Uh, he, he did as, as well as uh, Jeremy Jeffers, yes. Yeah, Absolutely right. Yeah, which which is a lot of pitching to basically bring back one guy who, who's basically going to be on his lineup, I believe you brought back uh, a prospect from, from the Braves organization as well in that deal. Now, the thing with Maurer is, is Maurer's a great player, but when you give up that, that amount of pitching, the hope of basically got to be, I imagine, that the Verlander from 2008 is going to be the guy he sees going forward, and he doesn't think the guy from 2007 and 2006 is around anymore. If he becomes what he was, you know, I don't know about that trade at that point. Mm-hmm. Johnny, let's let, let's break that down a little further. Uh, I know, or at least let's break it down to the major pieces of that deal. Um, you know, you were you were a, a a major major supporter of Justin Verlander for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. He he was a member of your squad for for uh, several years uh, here in the BDL, and you um, you know you were high on Rick Porcello, um as well. Uh, how difficult was it for you to to surrender that kind of package for what I'm assuming is uh, what you considered a an integral part of, of what would have to be your 2009 campaign in Joe Maurer? Oh, it was very difficult. Um, I love uh, Slick Rick Porcello um, and uh, Justin V for Verlander. By the way, all of almost all of our uh, players have, have nicknames and it's fantastic. Um, Joe Maurer was a guy that, uh, I don't know what to say really, he was probably, if not the best, close to the best of his position. And for what I needed, consistency, um, like absolute production when I needed, um, he was probably the best I could find um, during the offseason to bolster my lineup because I finished I finished the year basically without a without a catcher um, I, I put a lot of stock into uh, J.R. Calv and um, you know I got to admit Craig was right again I, I didn't believe in Soto and uh, I thought Towels would have, have a much better rookie campaign and um, what can I say to give up that kind of pitching from our um it was probably a one-time thing. Uh, right now, after the last couple of deals I made, I probably can't afford to give up 
one more pitcher. And, uh, Johnny, that, of course, that wasn't the only significant move you've made this offseason so far to try to bolster your squad. Um, can you talk about a little bit about the impact of, of bringing in uh, uh, Rollins to your to your roster? Well, um, first of all, he's a Philly guy. Um, you know, go Phillies. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, a year removed from, you know, a 30, 30, 40 year, 30, 30 year, something like that. I mean, he's a big time player. Uh, I think he can bounce back. I have a feeling, actually, that he's going to try to pick up this, some of uh, the slack Utley, Utley leaves behind in his, uh, after his surgery. Um, but here's something that a lot of people may know. Scotty, you may not even know this, but um, right before the trade deadline this year, uh, I was talking I was talking with uh, Ryan regarding uh, Rollins, and there was a deal in place. He had offered it, and I finally succumbed, basically. I, um, I said, I want to go for it. I want to get Rollins and really push myself at the trade deadline. And I offered it back to him, uh, Tejada and Gallardo for Rollins would have been off my team um, at the trade deadline. How he, however, wow. he didn't. He did not get home by midnight that night wow. to accept it. Wow. Yeah. I'd much rather have the package than the guys who end up getting. One more time, Michael. Now, so we, we, so we, we, what's kind of funny about that trade? Like, if you look back at what the Nuts gave up to get to get Jimmy, uh, I think mid-season last year, he traded he, he Matt Fryers and James Victorino to get Rollins. Which, which at the time didn't, didn't make a lot of sense to me, just because you know, the Nuts didn't didn't really strike me as a, as a contender that would go after a guy like Rollins. And mm-hmm. they held on to him for a couple of months and then flipped some pack for one one more good kid in Mexican. But, you know, I am I'm not I'm not you know, you know the, 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 the whole way that move got made to me didn't make a like it, it just seemed like he was going to make a big move to get Rollins, held on to him for a couple of months and then thought, well, maybe getting him was a mistake. Let me flip him back out. So I don't know. I don't know about that move. That may have been the case. I, I don't know that for a fact. I can't speak. I can't speak for the nuts. <laughs> I like that lie. <laughs> can't speak to the nuts. Can't speak for the nuts. Ryan and I have a good uh, training relationship, though. We 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 talk a lot, and um, and we we've had a few deals in the work works. He knew I wanted Rollins, and that may have played a part in. Um, and him ended up getting him. Mike was uh, uh, Mike was was giving up Justin Masterson uh, a wise choice in this in this case for Rollins. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think him and you. And to be honest, you know, like the whole thing with with the trades that got made in the off season. I just think right now in the league. We have got two insanely good teams, and unfortunately those two teams are the guys that are on the line with me right now. Well, we're we'll on the two units that we have right now, because of the moves you guys made in the offseason, is just absolutely ridiculous. And then beyond that, I think I think the damage are pretty much stopped as well, but they're not quite at the same level as, as, as KCC and uh, the Generals, unfortunately. It, it, it's just ridiculous. Like uh, at this point, I think like if you look at CBS and look at the top 150 players, 
I think 13 of them are generals. And then if you look at the top 20, four of the top 20 are generals. And then it's the same thing with the killer card company, just they have a little more depth. I think 16 of the top 150 and four of the top 20 are, 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 are with PCC. So if you just look at the depth of those units, it, it, it's just obscene, to be honest with you. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, you know, I'll attempt to be as unbiased as I possibly can in this conversation, but um, uh, what were your general thoughts behind um, giving up both Wang and Chris Young, um, two decent arms starters? Um, you got a, a pretty significant package of youth back, uh, including uh, Lars Anderson, uh, Kyle Blanks, Angel Villalona, um, Brett Cecil. Uh, no. Was that something you were anxious to jump on right away, or? Yes, yes. Uh, well, to be quite honest, I don't know if you guys remember when I got winning in, uh, in in the midseason last year. I picked him up right after he got hurt, and they had announced he was probably done for the season. And I thought it was not powerful to get him. And I remember when I made that trade, there were a couple guys on the board saying, you know, what a weird trade for Mike to make. And the way I looked at that trade was Wang is going to be more valuable in the offseason than guys it was. And to be honest, for me, it, it, it did mean no good to win a couple more games last year. So holding out the guys that didn't make any sense. I figured I, I, I was selling him at basically his max value, I figured. So I traded him for Wang, thinking well, one of the big clubs, either you or Johnny or the damage, is probably going to want to go after arms. And I did the same thing with Chris Young at the deadline. I traded uh, Wade Davis and Carlos Gonzalez, and I brought back Chris Young and, uh, and my closer. Uh, who's slipping my mind for some reason, um, who will be shipped in the very near future as well. For some reason, I can't think of his name, Scotty. Uh, Francisco Cordero. Cordero. And, and, and the whole thought behind that trade was never for me to hold on to those two players. My thought was, the way that I looked at this league, and again, I'm, I'm kind of new to the league. So um, the thing I noticed at the trade, plan, trade deadline, all anyone was looking for was pitching. So I figure if I can go get these two guys, come the offseason, those guys are going to be worth a lot. And there's going to be some contending teams that have a lot of depth with young players who are probably going to pay a lot to get those guys. So, so the way that I look at it, I basically traded Wade Davis and Carlos Gonzalez, and I got back like a number one and three or four prospects of the same level or very close to Wade Davis or Carlos Gonzalez. So like, the, the way I look at that trade is I flipped two prospects for four or five of them. Great. Well, um, you know, I, I want to go back and, and kind of touch on on one thing that you did mention, Michael, um, regarding your prediction um, uh, about the top teams going into 2009. Um, tell me how you how you think, um, frankly, uh, most specifically, the uh, def now defending champion Bulldogs and Craig Hunter would uh, would think upon hearing. Um, that he's not even mentioned in the in the top at least two teams, and frankly, you mentioned the damage uh, 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 before before the Bulldogs. Uh, what do you, what do you think his reaction would be to that to that kind of statement? To be quite honest, if, if I know Craig, he'll probably just lay back and say, "I'm the champ. They, you guys got to come get me." And he's right; they they do have to go get him. But that being said, once the season starts, everyone starts at oh and oh. And again, I'm a stats guy, and the way I look at his club is he had a lot of guys that had really great seasons last year, and there were a lot of guys that people weren't expecting to have really good seasons, 
and I'm not sure if we can expect a lot of those guys to have similar years as they had last year. I, I think a bunch of those guys really had career years last season. And if you just objectively look at the, those two guys, if you compare your team to his team on paper, I don't think an objective person could look at those two clubs and think his team's going to hang with yours. If both teams are healthy throughout the season, if I had to guess, if this team played your team ten times, I would imagine you win seven or eight of those. Michael, Michael, you haven't been playing with uh, Ern and the Falcons for three years. <laughs> Yeah, it's not about paper. Wow. Well, to 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 kind of paper. <laughs> yeah, to to, to kind of. Like this comes back to things Scotty was saying you before. When you play head to head, anything can really happen. Like if you looked at at um at the Dodgers last year, I think he lost three games all season, and one of those losses was to me. And my team didn't have any business beating anybody last year. Like we absolutely stunk. And, you know, so, you know, like, you know, so on paper, my team can't hang with this. I knock him off. I'm not in the same stratosphere as KCC, but his team needs KCC. So, you know, at least it can't happen come playoff time. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. I have a few comments on the uh, the Wang and Young train. Oh, were you finished, Scotty? Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, actually, I thought it was a pretty good deal for both sides. Um, Scotty, I think you got stronger, especially in your starting staff, which uh, you had a bunch of pitchers last year, but only a few of them were, you know, real quality studs. And um, giving up the three the three big hitters like you did, they were guys you really didn't need um, with Howard in the lineup and the way you got right. And, I mean, you got a ton of big bats already. Um, it was just it was just depth for you. Uh, I, think, I think Michael made out in that uh, the two that stick out to me are going to be in my opinion, really good players, Anderson and Villalona. Um, Blanks really does nothing for me. Cecil's a pretty good um, pitching prospect. I, I don't have an opinion one way or the other, really, aside from the fact that, um, you know, he's pretty touted in his own right. I just, you know, don't feel like he'll be anything too special. But the two big bats are probably going to help him much more long-term than, than Wang Young. So I, I like it for both of you guys. Yeah, we and I'm 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 sure if you if you were to ask Michael this, he or he, he would agree. Um, you know, my my biggest sticking point with that particular trade before it was executed was was Lars Anderson. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. he had he, he had inquired about Anderson um, a few times um, prior to this trade getting done, and I, I was very hesitant. I I I, uh, uh, I have. A lot of high hopes for Anderson, and uh, you know wherever he ends up playing in, in the BDL long term, um, uh, you know I, I really believe in the kid. I, th- I think he's going to be a good ball player, and uh, it was difficult to let him go. But um, just to kind of expand on, on another one of Michael's um, uh, points from a few minutes ago, um, you know, you know, Michael, you 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 are uh, uh, predicting a uh, frankly, a, you know, a, a team, a, a generals team that. That failed to make the playoffs in 2008. Um, what, what was I that? I have no idea what happened. I have no idea what happened last year. Like, to be honest, Scotty, if you look at that team at the beginning of the season, and and there's no way anyone in their right mind could have predicted that team winds up under 500. It, it just it does not make the first bit of sense. It really doesn't. And the, the thing is, the team you ended with at the end of the season is even it's much better than the team you started with. 
So, you know, like, 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 like for me, there's just a lot of guys that at the beginning of the year really underachieved, and uh, I just can't imagine those guys have the same start they did last season. I just can't imagine it. Well, I, I, I certainly hope that you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that you're not right. <laughs> a lot. Well, um, guys, to kind of look at one more trade here, I, I, uh, I, I kind of had a, a few jotted down to take a look at, and if you if you have any more to add, then, then feel free. But uh, really, the, the busy the, busy off season. Yeah, uh, the the one that was executed, I guess it's been uh, a couple days ago now. Really, kind of took me by surprise. Uh, the uh, the uh, Billy Goats shipping John Lester to the um, already pitching heavy Falcons, or uh, uh, Aramis Ramirez. Um, can, can, can you guys really give me an opinion of that trade? Because that that was a whopper, really. Yeah, I don't I don't mind the move for the goats as much as I think you do, Scotty. To be quite honest with you, I, I think I think bringing Ramirez in basically he's one of those guys you can basically pencil in for numbers every single season. The the only concern I have with that trade is just that the goats aren't very good right now. And if you're not if you're not really good right now, then what's the purpose of bringing in? a guy who I think is 30 years old, and, and chances are by the time those numbers are going to mean something to you, you know, you know he might not be doing that anymore. And then when you're adding the fact John Lester's 24, that, that seems like a very strange move. Now, that being said, you could very easily turn Ramirez into a whack of young players if his team doesn't, you know, doesn't become what he hopes. So, and if he does that, then the women may make a little more sense. Yeah, you know, I think the I think the ramifications of that trade are, are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be heard on down the road uh, when when we see what the Billy Goats end up doing with Ramirez. Um, I, I'm assuming that he is going to be a, a major candidate, um, uh, given, of course, what you said, Michael, about uh, the the Billy Goats not really being in a in a uh, um, uh, contender at a contender's point. At this time, I imagine that Ramirez is going to be a major, major piece available at the deadline in '09. At least I would think so. Um, I guess my initial um, kind of shock at, at that trade going down is uh, maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. I don't know, but you know, pitching is at such an outstanding premium in this league. I mean, you you have to seriously overpay to get even a decent arm, even just a decent, just a 500 arm. You really do. I know you both agree with that. I think you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I guess um, maybe in, in a different package, uh, I think he might have been able to do a little better. I'm not saying that, you know, on paper, again, that Ramirez is not worth John Lester. You know, uh, Michael, as you said, uh, Ramirez, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, he is an ironclad. Um, uh, you know, 28, 30 home run guy, you know, 90, 100 RBIs guy. Uh, he he's going to bring the you know he's going to bring the thunder every year. Period. He just is. Um, but I, I don't know. Th- that's those are my general thoughts. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I thought uh, the deal on the surface was pretty even for both teams. Um, age aside, that's that's pretty much the only issue. And like Michael was saying. Um, that, that can be remedied at a trade deadline deal. But when you look at the Billy Goat squad, he has very few impact bats. And, and he may, uh, like me and like some others in the league, 
think that um, pitching is a little easier to find. Even though quality pitchers right now are tough to find and pay for, they do they do seem to churn churn through the system, and you'll find a new one, one or two each year, and and you won't find an Aramis Ramirez coming up through the system like that every year. So. I mean, he, he probably just tried to solidify some hitting with that. It, it actually surprised me a little more for, for Earn, just because he he's relied so heavily, not just on his pitching, which he's always looking to improve, but he had this core of guys that just seemed to produce for him in the playoffs, and the, the core of guys that were always there, Ramirez, he got rid of Rollins now, he got rid of uh, Abreu, they were all guys that constantly produced for him, and it's just really curious to see what what's going to happen. Well, I guess the thing for Earn, Johnny, would you expect uh, Ramirez, his numbers to be that much better than Garrett Atkins at the end of the season? Because if, no. they're, not, if they're not going to be that much better, then you know he's basically trading out a position of strength because he, he has Atkins waiting there at third base, right? Yes. Yeah, and then uh, at DH he's got Ortiz, which is which is pretty, so like. Like, if the spot he was probably in, if you've got Atkins and Ramirez, and only one of them can play. So if you can if you can move Ramirez and bring back a young stud pitcher, he's probably thinking, you know, I'm not losing much at third base, and then the guy I'm bringing in is a whole lot better than, than my last starter on my roster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Atkins is, uh, Atkins is eligible at first, which I thought that's where he would use him initially. Because when he when he got Atkins, he traded away Cliff Lee to me. Um, so I mean, would you trade Cliff Lee next year for um, John Lester? I mean, that's almost where that trade ended up. I like him. I, I just don't think he, he's, he's as hot as, as, as a lot of people seem to think. I don't mind him as a starting pitcher. He's on a great team. But is he any better than this third starter in Boston? Mm. I wouldn't say so. Scotty? Johnny. <laughs> hey. How you doing? <laughs> I'm great, man. How are you? No. Um, guys, I appreciate it. Um, lots of good comments. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that we haven't seen the, uh, uh, the the last of the major moves before, probably before the draft, frankly, uh, not just before the uh, start of the uh, uh, season or even spring training. But um, uh, some, some very interesting moves so far. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that the major players – in the league um, have really changed that much. I, th- I think really at the top you have the same cluster so far um, uh, of, of playoff contending teams. But uh, nonetheless, you know, some, some different faces on some different squads, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, uh, appreciate everybody listening. Um, we'll be back in just a few weeks with another edition of Two Men On, uh, we'll, where we will be delving into a Q&A session uh, once again with Mike. He'll be back with us, and we will have Rockland revealed on that episode of Two Men On. And, Mike? Sounds pretty good. Great to have you. Thank you, Scotty. Good deal. 
You have been listening to Two Men On. We're out.